You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Bobby Moore and Sir Jeff Hurst The trailer booking at Billy Bones Apollo D'Angelo West Ham United We celebrate our victories Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning. This is more than just a podcast. It's our second episode of the week. It's like buses, you wait for one and then two turn up one after another. Um, with us tonight is Johnny Bucci, or Grandad Bucci, do we call him? Uh, good after, uh, good evening, good morning, or good afternoon. John, where are you? What are you doing? I am in my loft talking to you. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. Uh, Canyon Town Len, always present. Uh, where are you? What are you doing? I'm in the lounge, hanging on for dear life. After All waking right. up at half three and then getting on with me work, and now I'm struggling. All right, and but I'm fine. Uh, Daddy, Daddy Georgie Bucci is not here tonight. I'm sure he's looking after baby Jessica. But we have got. Well, we were about to talk to Nigel, but he's actually uh, he, he looks like he's having some internet problems. So we're going to have to probably introduce him a little bit later on. Um, it is season ten. It's episode twenty-seven. Uh, and Nigel's back. Nigel, where are you? What are you doing? I'm in my shed. What's happening with your internet? You keep it in and out. Yeah, it's um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what it is, I'm running on the Wi-Fi. Oh. So when you start prattling on about your crap, I'm going to go and find my um my dongle leads plug in. Okay. All right. So uh, I don't know what's going on. We're 11 points from safety. We've we've won four games. We might even won, win five back-to-back games. We beat the Baggies. We beat uh, eight, Sam eight Allardyce. Points, isn't it? Eight points from safety. Oh, yeah. Eight points from safety now. Uh, and in fact, do you know what? There's a very good chance, even if we lost every other game, we'd be safe this season. Um, we are two points off fourth place at Liverpool. And Adrian Durham. 
Adrian Durham said yesterday on his drive time show, if you have to talk, if you're talking about Chelsea and Arsenal making the top four, and by the way, Chelsea are three points behind us, Arsenal are five points behind us, just thought I'd mention that. You've got to talk about West Ham making the top four. Leicester in second place, I think. First. Um, Leicester. Well, City took it last oh, night. Oh, I can't keep up either, John. Yeah, <laughs> I, thought Man United was still, I thought Man United was still top, and Man City now top. Uh, City, I think. All right, I might okay. be wrong. I'm saying, I'm not, I'm know, saying with no confidence. Know. West Ham could go top four. You never know. Good on you, Good on you, Irons. So anyway, let's talk about the game. We've we've got two games. We've got a FA Cup game of the week. John wanted to. John couldn't make. Uh, uh, Monday, but he, he was very keen to do a midweek podcast. I just knew we had another game, so I thought we could talk about the other game. Safe, and also we're going to do. Uh, he, he wants to also Transfer. congratulate. Yeah, he also wants to congratulate the board on their eleven-year anniversary and, and their, what, their splendid tenure at the club. Yeah, exactly. So let's start with you, John. Uh, the baggies, hello. hello, the West Brom, Sam Allardyce. It was good to what see his sour looking face when it <laughs> and he sort of got more sour as the game went on. Um I it was a, a pleasing win. It it's kind of how it seems to be at the minute, you know, we I, you can't complain, we're doing really well. We're you know, we we are eight points from being safe, which is my main target every year. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's just at times it just feels pretty boring to watch. It, it was, we, wasn't it? We're pretty uninspiring. We don't seem to be as sort of dynamic as we were at the beginning of the season. And I wonder if it's, I don't know. I don't know what it, you know, there's been a few changes. Masaraki, maybe we miss him. I don't know. But, you know, it's, it does seem to be a little bit uninspiring. But overall, it's great to see the victories. Well, um, let's talk about some flashpoints. Flashpoints. Uh, flashpoints. Sufal uh, was great. Bowen scoring. What a, what a time to score in in the sort of added minutes of the first. That's half. the worst time to concede a goal, isn't it? They always. It is, it. isn't it? <laughs> it is. And the best guy it can happen to. Yeah, Sam did not look happy when they conceded that. Um, he he chested it in, didn't he? He did. He did yeah. chest it in. Sufal, I mean, it was a, it was a ball, good ball across to him, and he followed it into the box, and Bowen. Yeah. I've seen them all too. going handball, handball. But well, yeah, you know, it's, do you, do you, did you all celebrate? Did you all think it was a goal straight off? I, I, I did. I did, did think. Well, I'm yeah, I did think. You yeah. know, could it could it could it have slightly touched his arm? And I wanted to see a replay, but uh, well, once no, you saw the replay, you knew it, it well that you think that there's no way they could overturn it. I mean, obviously they they well, came they, back. They came them. back. It was a it was a good strike, but he got too much space. Yeah, six minutes. But again, I thought you know was that they were checking for offside. Um, well, see, I think that was offside because he he yeah. sort of made a motion with his leg towards the ball. Well, he unsighted the goalkeeper, didn't he? Yeah. See, I think that. Yeah, I think you know, Fabianski's sort of stood positioned in the goal, and as the ball's come through, the player who was offside sort of made a motion with his leg towards the ball and so it would have delayed his dive when the ball came past him so I think I thought that was offside but yeah. you know someone someone there was a big thing on Twitter last night about the Villa goal 
and it, it is VAR for the top four clubs and is it all conspiracy and I, I just put on there I just think they're all just shit I don't think it's conspiracy yeah. I just think they're very in, inadequate and yeah, yeah no I agree with you even, even the penalty we should have had that was I mean when he kicks the kicks yeah. like Sychek's foot through the ball that's a penalty yeah, I agree with you. If you've got VAR and, they, and that doesn't show it, then I'm. It's just, I mean, I was in faith of VAR at the beginning of all this because time and time again we lost out for dodgy offsides and we've got so many things go against us. But even with VAR, we, we still get it. So you'd be better off without it. Mm-hmm. Let's before we move on to Len, let's let's talk about the last flashpoint, Mikel Antonio. Uh, Sixty-six minutes. Uh, year we won the World Cup um, putting the game to bed uh, and it's a good assist by Yarmolenko yeah. um, but, but a lot of people were involved I, meant, I forgot to mention obviously the assist for Bowen's go was uh, Soufal yes. looking amazing signing of the season um, really good goal taken by Antonio again good finish yeah was, wasn't it? it, it he's, was. he's really turning into that striker. You think this is someone who was it Bilic who made him a right back? So he, from right back to a, a natural striker, a, a poacher. Well, in the box. You know, if you look at it, you know, they've always had all this press about the lack of strikers, and we've only got one striker. But in theory, we haven't got a striker because he wasn't ever a striker, was he? He was wasn't bought as a striker. He's so yeah, but he's, a, he's, a, he's essentially a winger made good, isn't he? And, and yeah, he's improving. For the rest of your life, you know, some yeah. people do change positions. Marco yeah, well, that's it. He's an out and now. out striker either, but he's regarded as striker. Again, yeah, essentially now he is a striker and, you know, he's not going to play anywhere else, is he? No, but, no. True. Yeah, no, he, he, really? you know, he, he's looking good and we're looking more and more reliant on him. Yeah, yeah. Let's go over to Len. Len, um, uh, we conceded a goal. First goal conceded under Craig Dawson. What was he doing? Um, <laughs> uh, what, what did you make of the game? Um, <clears throat> relatively dull-ish first half. I think West Brom stopped us playing. And they looked a strong team. Well, so it was impressive them, but I thought they made a good account of themselves. And when I come out of the second half, they looked the stronger team. And then once the um, equaliser went in, which I thought was taken very, very well, actually, mm-hmm. uh, they looked... You didn't have a problem with it being offside? I don't like to see that given, but... It was interfering with play. It was in the, 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 the sight of the offside rules. The offside rule is unwell at the minute. It's quite a sick rule. Um, it just needs looking at and actually it needs simplifying. It needs going back to the old offside rule and then using um, VAR for the blatant offsides. You know, the one that when we the concede one against Man United at home, that even though I was on the other, I was on the same side of the pitch at the other end, I could see that was offside without VAR. And then with one look at VAR, never mind is join the line bollocks. You use it for the the reasons that we were told, uh, the glaring errors, 
to quickly look at the same thing that we'd look at at a replay. Don't let's not spend time on this drawing line shit. Because now we've already made the offside rule too complicated for even VAR to cope. It's still down to, uh, to human beings' decision. And they're not very good. The more you information they try to sort of decide or to work things out. I don't think human beings like making decisions by nature. And as time goes Take on... Human, put AI in charge. Take human beings out of it. I think yeah, you, you could have Get and rid you of can work out and What's the point of having linesmen anymore? Yeah. He's right. That's your technology. Um, who's your man of the match? Then? Um, I'll probably agree with the official man of the match in Antonio that the, the fact of the matter is that he wasn't having a good game and he was there for that moment of, I won't say magic, but... Um, he was there to, to, you know, to win the game uh, at a point where that he could have been taken off and replaced. I was really impressed. Actually, I'll, do you know what? I'm going to give the man of the match to Moyes. All right. Because cool. he, I, I think he saw, he started seeing the strength of West Brom. He saw the weakness in the middle with the two lightweight midfielders that were you know, bringing the average strength for the team down. Replaced them with one guy, um, for now, as if for me, he's starting to look like one of the first names on the team sheet now. Uh, and a stronger player in Yarmolenko, that I'm not over-impressive, but he was just what we needed, um, you know, for the assist. So a bigger guy there. He identified it, Moyes. He changed it, and I can't help but wonder if we was, if we was, um, if fans were in that game, there might have been some booing at that those substitutions, and we might have gone lost that losing. Yeah, well, let's quickly talk about: was he right to put Lanzini in uh, uh, instead of Fornells uh, to start? That was a bit of a strange one. One not change he, from a winning team, he put he he's not, Lanzini. He's, there's a lot of games. There's a lot yeah. of games. In short yeah, so it might be rested. You forgive uh, him. And then on 62 minutes, he brings in Fornells and Jan Malenko. And then your favourite, uh, and we're moving to Nigel in a minute, and, and Mark Noble comes on on 84th minute to, to take the captain's armband. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah. There's that dead air you don't like. Um, <laughs> it is. I don't like that. You know I don't like Sorry, that. I thought John was going to answer, and no, I'm still waiting for Nigel, but I know it's Nigel's muted. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, like I said, it was a good good substitution. I do think that obviously he needs to rotate a little bit. Games are coming thick and yeah. fast. We did yeah. get away with it. Um, we got our best team out in the end, relatively. Um, Shall we do a stat attack? If you like. Yeah? Okay. I'm not uh, massive on stats, but go on. Um, so, uh, West Ham had 59% of the possession to uh, the bag is 41%. West Ham had 14 shots, three on target. Uh, the bag is just had two, one on target. So at least uh, they were clinical. Uh, sorry, no, sorry, six, two on target. Corners had one. Corners, we had three. So yeah, we had 14 and six. They had six and two. So worthy winners. Nigel. He's still um, muted. He's still muted. He, he may have disappeared. Maybe he's got nothing to say because um, I know he's had a few internet <laughs> problems. So anyway, why, why don't I give an update? We're waiting for Nigel to reappear. Uh, Robert Snodgrass uh, made the headlines. Obviously, um, Sam Allardyce before the game live on BT Sport went, uh, oh, Robert Snodgrass not playing because of the agreement between the clubs. Anyway, all hell breaks loose because it breaks rule I-7, which says you can't have an influence on the player. Um, I try and ask the club, nothing, etc. And then afterwards, he's asked again. And he says, oh, well, I don't care what the Premier League does. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it. So um, everyone's really bemused. Uh, David Moyes is asked, and he went, it's none of my business. Nothing to do with me. I'm not aware of any agreement. Asked my senior source. They're bemused. They said, look, I'm, there's no formal agreement. There's no contract. There was no gentleman's agreement. There was no handshake or wink or conversation there was nothing they said we don't know what sam's talking about they all they said was there is no way snodgrass could have played two games in four days he's not match fit he played five minutes for west ham all season he's not match fit enough to play two games in four days he said he he thinks he was trying to get out of playing him he was at the stadium you could see him he was sitting in the stands with his mask on um and the person i spoke to um, uh, theorised that maybe Sam Allardyce was doing his usual. He's got yeah. a very strange sense of humour. He was winding up the media, giving a reason, and it's completely backfired on him. So West, so, right? Ham, West Ham will tell the Premier League that he did not enter an agreement, verbal or otherwise, and they have got no idea what Sam Allardyce is on about. So it will be one word against the other. Mm. And I, for one, believe the club. I think Sam... Sometimes he's on another planet, and he just tries to be clever, and it's yeah, completely and he's not. backfired on him. Yeah, 
Um, second one, uh, a lot of people are asking where the young youngster is. Mipo Udebeko, I think his name is. I don't know how you pronounce his second name. Um, we can reveal now he, he was self-isolating at the weekend. He won't be available um, for the FA Cup game. Uh, strangely, though, he's got no symptoms whatsoever. He failed two tests, which proved positive, but he has had four additional tests in between that have proved negative. So the club have to follow protocols. They can't let him train. They can't let him mix with other people. But they've got results where two tests proved positive, four tests proved negative. Which one do you believe? Um, and the poor chap, you know, he this is his breakthrough. He was on the bench. He came on for a few minutes. The FA Cup is probably the game he would hope to get a few more minutes. Uh, but he's got to self-isolate because a test said he's positive, even though he took another test and it was negative. Another test is positive. Two others, it's negative. So, unfortunately, um, that's the way it goes. Next piece is um, it's a Diop. Football Insider said today, and maybe someone else said, uh, that David Moyes has sanctioned a move away, a loan move away. For, and there's been a lot of conspiracy theories about it's a Diop. I can tell you tonight, I spoke to the senior source. That is not true. In what way? <laughs> Any way whatsoever. They need four centre-backs. That's what David Moyes wants. He has not sanctioned a move for Issa Diop, permanent or loan or anything else. He wants him in the squad. Um, and, and, and I don't know. Look, it's silly season and, and lots of people come out with different kind of stuff. And, you know, I don't want to... I'm a little bit surprised by that, actually, because if you say David Moyes wants four centre-backs, he doesn't change them even for FA Cup games. He does like to keep a, a I'm only the messenger, call. Len. I'm only the messenger. Oh, I can tell you. And, and the final, the final bit of news because we did news on Monday was uh, transfer news. Transfer update. There is nothing. Um, I know there are ten stories <laughs> today. There are ten stories today. Listen to me now, right? Nothing is close. David Moyes has said this, right? We have tried. We've put three or four bids in. They've been public. You know, we all know, right? Dear the uh, Seville. Uh, um, uh, striker, they've been rejected, right? We don't have the money to pay the kind of money that they want. The player doesn't want, the manager doesn't want him to leave. So the chances of signing a striker permanently this window, I tell you now, is less than 10%. It's probably 5%. Didn't the same run the Josh King thing again today? Not true. Not true. We're not paying 120 thousand pound a week for josh king and, and 10 million, million. it Good ain't God. gonna happen it ain't no. gonna happen he might go to burnley but they'll be mad to pay him 120 grand a week the chances of getting a striker are remote now he will probably sign a loan a foreign loan and that's that's you know he take a punt uh that's the problem signing we'll probably we'll get a loan striker in to try and shore it up. He'll look at Yarmolenko. He'll look at Lanzini. None of them are for sale of the swap. He'll look at um, Benrahma to look at where some of the goals could go for and, and, and rest um, Antonio and hope his hamstrings made a cheese last the season. Um, people will say, oh, no, no, no. There is nothing close. It's The funny thing is, David Moy says this in, in almost every press conference. Nothing's close. Nothing is... Um, I might not sign anyone and people just don't believe it and throw their toys out of the pram. I hate to say it's not much of an update, but it's the truth. 
Anyway, well, Nigel. I'll tell you I'll tell you why that is though. It's because the like the Sky Sports and of this world and the most outlets wouldn't actually consider the fact that West Ham would sell their top goal scorer and not have anyone lined up to come in. Yeah, I, I, and, I do and, agree. And that, that's why there's all that conjecture all the time because people give them more credit than they're due. Yeah. But Alaire, Alaire was not supposed to go, right? He, he's he been talking for three months to Ajax, but literally um, they oh, came. Ajax. Ajax. I've said that before. They come to us literally and say, you know, what do you want? Um, you know, do you want to do the deal? And, and David Moyes signed it off, even though he had no replacement. Um, there you go. I just think he couldn't he, wait, he, he couldn't wait to get out yeah, I'm sure that's true. Nigel, uh, I've done my bit now because we waited so long for you. Do you want to say anything? It seems so long ago now. Do you want to say anything about the Baggies game? Good win. Great to see that we we, 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 we shut the fat man up. And, um, yeah. Goalkeeper's union. Was it offside? Did he did he uh, obstruct the sight of the goalkeeper? for the? No. No? Okay. No, he had, he had, he had, he, he, he was in direct line of sight of the shot before the player ran across him. So do you think him? Do you think he made the attempt at the ball, the striker? Don't no. You think he, don't you think he moved his leg? No, I, 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 I No, I'm not. I'm not buying that because in the day, Fabianski, he, he was a short fingertip away from touching it. I don't think it affected Fabianski. If you look at it in real time. I don't yeah. think it aff- affected Fabianski's movement at all. I just think it might have delayed his dive because he, if, if the player, the ball's going past, it sort of moves his leg. Yeah, conscious. He well, if anything, the player, for me, stepped back rather than... He didn't make a movement towards the ball with his foot to try and divert it. He was more getting out of the way of it. The good thing was that it was allowed and it didn't give the Wolves an excuse to say, oh, well, yeah. at 1-1, everything would have changed. Yeah, definitely great. a penalty for us, Nigel. It's a it's a VAR penalty, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, one look at it, which is all the well, which is what the referees used to get it. Look at it in the old days. You wouldn't go no. The penalty is running away from goal. He's running out of the area. But when you slow it down and look at it four or five times, you can see that uh, Suchek gets to the ball first before the bloke yeah. makes contact with the back of his foot to kick him. So it's... it's so it's, it's a clear... Yeah. But it's, as the rules are, not a clear and obvious no. error by the referee. It, it wasn't yeah. clear, but it, it's, it's only when you slow it down and use technology do you get to see that, make that decision because it was literally like a nanosecond Suchek getting to the ball first. So for me, a harsh penalty if given. Cool. Well... Guess what? We've, we've, we've had our review and we've covered the updated news in 24 minutes, which means we've got the rest of the hour to talk, uh, to celebrate. Um, two days ago, um, 11 years to the day, David Sullivan and David Gold completed their takeover of West Ham on January the 19th, 2010, paying or injecting cash worth about £52.5 million. Uh, for 50% of the club at the time uh, to the Icelandics, uh, later on increasing uh, that shareholding to 86% between them. 
And John came up with the idea. He said, why don't we review... Nigel. Um, was it Nigel? Yes. Yeah. All right. Nigel said, why don't we review uh, Sullivan and Gold's um, tenure? I actually said, <laughs> do you know what? Knowing what you guys are probably going to talk about, I'll give it a swerve. But I was told I couldn't. Um, so... I would guess I'm. Well, we I'm did, stand yeah, we alone. didn't know what. What I mean, I don't know what you are this week. Are you in? Are you out? We are, Shake you know, about. You know, well, you're what, you're what probably about to find. We're about to find out, aren't you? Shall I um, do a little impromptu jingle? Golden Surly kicking time. Yeah. Can I just say that when so I. So, why don't you open a, you, with a monologue? Look, when, uh, I, Nigel. when I thought. Right, well, when I thought we'd do this, the, the, obviously, if the, if everybody was just anti Golden Sullivan, then we would, you know, it would be a bit stale. That's why I wanted you here, Sean. Obviously, because yeah. you you will sort of defend them. Then then I got to thinking, well, the three on the one is a bit unfair. Should I sit on the fence and and try and be a bit oh, giving them credit? But then I come thought, over to the dark side. You know, but then I thought, do you know what? I couldn't do that to myself. Not even <laughs> just for the basis of a show. So well, it's funny you should say that, Nigel. I don't want to apportion the blame all on Golden Sullivan. Good. I think there's other people in the club. The general day-to-day running of it is quite shocking. Shocking as well. So I wouldn't say I'm neutral. Um, and I wouldn't say I'm on Sean's side or supportive of Golden Sullivan. Far from it. But I don't want them to have an exclusivity of the blame, although they are the two owners. So they've got to take the burden. As you so, were. As you were. Gonna, who's going to start? Um, Nigel or John, do you want to start with your review over the last 11 years? I mean, let's do a summary, maybe. Where are the problems? Nigel's the uh, stat and uh, historic man, so over to you, Nigel. All right. So so they buy the club. Um, What they did when they – the first thing they did when they sat in in the press conferences – lay out the plan to rescue us out of debt. They, you know, they claimed we were £110 million in debt. Uh, the club was staring at relegation. The first thing they needed to do, it was January, middle of January, so transfer window had like 10 days left or 12 days left. So they had to get players in quick. So they bring in players in of the, of the calibre of Mido, Benny McCarthy, Elan, and the so the seeds are sown there in actually their transfer dealings for the next ten years as such. Um, a lot of what they've done is well documented. I get the bit about it's not just Golden Sullivan. Actually, you have to lump Brady in with it as well because I think she has more of the day to day running of the club in which directly affects the fans. Um, Brady out. Brady Brady out. Hence why we were the people to go Brady out uh, all the years ago, because um, what what directs, what affects us is is ticketing, obviously where we play, the facilities, all that's done by Brady. 
that's not on Golden Sullivan. Um, so they bought the club seven years to Champions League football. Four years ago, that dried up. They moved us in. They bought out a 10-point plan. You know, they'd probably, if we're being kind, they'd probably hit two of them. Um, one of them being the move. What's the um, other one? I'm struggling really with the other one, to be fair. <laughs> I've been kind of affordable tickets, possibly. Well, yeah. You've got a cheap ticket, Nigel. Yes, yeah. I, I mean, the, the negatives of their ownership far outweigh the positives. If I'm being, if I'm going to say positives, they've given the ability for more fans to go and the prices are cheaper. But by doing that, by having tickets, season tickets for 300 quid, or 10,000 roughly season tickets at £300 at a season, and by having 10,000 season ticket holders that are children paying under £150, so that's, you know, 40,000 um, season ticket holders, or 20, sorry, 20,000 season ticket holders there out of the 50-odd thousand season ticket holders. That doesn't fund the reason why we moved, and I think that will always be held against them. Um, the the demoralisation of the fan base um, is the biggest failure for me of of their tenancy. The fact that people like John and George have decided to walk away, <clears throat> and, and, and when we're talking in. In, you know, I'm I'm not going to use the twenty thousand figure um, because I don't know where that comes from or how they evaluate that. But I would I would say a good ten thousand uh, of people that that supported the club through thick and thin, or thin and thin, thin and thin, I yeah. say, um, were so demoralised by the move that they decided to to walk away, and. For me, the only way to heal the fan base totally is for them to sell the club and move on, because nothing is ever. It's, 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 no results will ever bring a lot of the supporters to liking them. It will bring a section. I get there's a section of anti Golden Sullivan that are there because of the the signings and and uh, or lack of signings, and they're there for the for the lack of the results. But now that's changed and you still see a big lot of people um, with the GSB out banner. Um, and, and that, for me, will, will never change until they leave. John? Um, well, yeah. I, mean, I, I look upon it as the pair of them they they came in with their big blaze of we're fans and all this and we're gonna we they they said we we're gonna achieve and we were gonna achieve and we were gonna achieve and it it became clear pretty obvious that they are just quite frankly incompetent and it, you know Brady is a lot has a lot to do with it but Brady is their choice Brady is their employee and they are just not very good at running football clubs and they just show it time and time again. And their their biggest downfall will always be the the, the move and the failure of the move. And I, I mean, I agree that, you know, the likes of me, I can't speak for George, but I didn't, I didn't 
didn't just it wasn't just the move why I sort of gave it up because we you know we went for two or three years after the move. It was just as as much as the the whole match day experience. This the it's just the 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 not being in the sort of like black lion sort of environment and it was as much of that going through that Disneyland environment every time we go up there getting up there and then having the same old failings on the recruitment and the management and then the in turn then being the performances and it was a culmination of all of it was why I basically gave it up but that is that to me is is the the failing for me because it's basically squeezed me out of the club that I loved and you know the day I loved and everything about the whole thing I just enjoyed the amount of times we it was was you know it's a saying on here that we used to say you know we had a really good day out sport by a game of football and that's that was pretty much supporting West Ham because the results were never really great in there you'd have a good little run here and there but you'd always have a good day out with a load of people and and it was that is is for me that's what they they took away and they destroyed and you know I, I will never ever sort of forgive this ownership for what they've done to the club and for what they they basically haven't delivered to be honest with you, even if we were Champions League, it would still, you know, it'd be a little bit sweeter, but it still wouldn't be what, you know, I sort of missed from it. So, yeah, for me, that's my personal thing is that they basically took it away from me and I just couldn't face it anymore, really. But far from the point of view of their ownership, I just think the bottom line is they are incompetent and proved to be time and time again. And I hope that they are hanging on and clinging on to this date when they can get their money out of out of it, put it up for sale and move on. That's do, my opinion. Do you, do you, if they sold the club? Yeah. Not, or when they sell the club, do you ever foresee yourself? Um, do you ever think that you could come back to regular attending i i've thought about this and i i probably could from the point of view from the social aspect of it all i probably could you know i yeah i mean yeah i think we could nigel i think you know Hmm. the the didn't, I didn't miss a lot of games because it all got shut down so no. early, didn't it? So I didn't get to the point of feeling it that, you know... You missed about 11. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. So it never got to the point where I, I really felt that sort of sense of loss of it. But, um, yeah, I think... I I did suspect it, I would, and then and I would feel it, and I would really miss it. But I never really got to that point, so... Yeah, I, I think I could. I mean, I, I had full intentions of coming, sort of still coming half a, half a dozen times anyway, sort of thing. That was always my intention. And, you know, you know what it's like when you start coming again a bit. Yeah. You get sort of dragged back into it, don't you? And 
But yeah, I think if they went and there was, if they went, if they went and there was some proper structure and some proper running of a football club going on and you can see the progression. I mean, to be fair to Moyes, you can see it. You can see it in the in the team. You can see how well organised the team is and how, you know, you know if, if you could then see he's uh, has implemented a scouting system and we've got a real actual structure of what they're trying to do. If you could see that all coming together, it, it, that adds to a positive feel about the club and going to the match day experiences, all this, you know, as opposed to what it was like when I left sort of thing. So, yeah, you never know. Yeah, I, I, in, in regards to the way the club is at the, at the moment, I think, you know, m- m- most long-term established Premier League clubs have the chance of having a good season where they can gatecrash the, the top seven, top six, you know, top six, not so much the top four, but where they they would sit just below it. But a lot of clubs then would fall away because they built one good team, but they hadn't been able to build on it. For me, you can see that Moyes has got us playing well. Can he, can he sustain that? over a two or three season period and then even progress it upwards. Yeah, add on one a trajectory or two. that West Ham's never done in the past. That's yeah. a big challenge. Yeah. Um be good. If he could, it'd be good to see. Len? Um Well firstly, John, I know um Nigel and Sean's answers to this question but 11 years ago when they did take over and the three, what well, eventually became two, but originally three options, takeover options were there. Who did you want to take over the club? I I wasn't very keen on them. There was all the talk about that Fernandez. Uh, I mean, I to be honest with you, I didn't, I mean, again, Sean, Sean wasn't in the environment he is netted now and all of this stuff wasn't so prominent. So, you know, I, I didn't have much of an opinion on it, Len, to be honest. No. I, I, I never thought for one minute that we would go bankrupt and it wouldn't, and we would fall out of the league because I just, in my opinion, it was such, we were such a strong club, big club that, you know, if it's going, because the Icelandics for everything that happened to them, they were just extremely unlucky, weren't they? To basically, I mean, somewhat, they did, yeah. The, the 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 collapse of the market did did for oh, them. I think they mismanaged as well. But I'll, I'll, I'll well, Egger, yeah, well, Egger did, did. I mean, he everyone ripped him off. You know, they saw him coming. They did. They overpaid for the Lundbergs yeah. and the paid silly wages and whatever and. They they did mistakes that have been copied by Golden Sullivan. Let's let's get this one. Right. That is true. Yeah, and and they, but they they seem to be they what they did do, which we I don't think we all realised at the time, was that they were putting that debt against the club, and we all thought they'd come in with all this money and were bankrolling it. But to they be fair, put, that's not true. They didn't put the debt against the club. The only debt they put against the club, and I'll cover this later, is when we got relegated. And they lent money to get us through the championship. 
They didn't loan any money. We're they talking didn't... about the Icelandics here, not gold. Oh, you sorry, the Icelandics. Yeah, the Icelandics. Right, yeah. yeah. But, but it was it was poacher gatekeeper. They were borrowing from their own bank. They were owned by an Icelandic bank, and they were borrowing money from their own bank. So <laughs> yeah. it wasn't quite the same, John. Yeah, well, the way both say they were saddling their their own. Uh, they were saddling the club with debt, but they were the shareholder. So it was a it was a bit strange. So it was only the fact that everything collapsed that that really became a problem. Is that correct then? Yeah, the, but, the but we won't we won't get into political lesson. But but the Icelandics, the whole thing was a very small nation being able to be triple A rated and borrow money a phenomenal rate when they really had no output or no economy was because of the European Union was a crazy um, disaster waiting to happen in the first place. They weren't unlucky, John. It, it was a flawed system which allowed them to borrow money at the same rate. Well, as, it, was, um, it was unlucky for us that they'd got... Unlucky for us, yeah. definitely, yeah. And yeah. At the time, you know, so so to go back to what your your question, Len, is that I, when I wasn't... I, I didn't have a preferred... Bitter. I just didn't believe that West Ham were going to go bankrupt any minute now. Can, yeah. can I remind you though, John? Because I do remember you always did call them the the pawn barons or something like that. I did. So, yeah, they are. You know, at the time you would always say, "Oh, it's I, those." I don't. Yeah, mm. I didn't want them because yeah, they are I mean, pawn barons. I didn't want them. I didn't. I you know, I for what I knew about them at Birmingham and for what the fans at Birmingham thought of them, I just. Didn't want them. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, the one thing I don't know if, if this is ours, the lens can respect. When I, I looked at the, the the three people that were bidding, if you remember, it was a Chilani who ended up at Leeds, um, a bit of a car crash owner. Uh, Tony Fernandez, who was making himself busy on social media, uh, building up his Asia empire, buying Lotus. Um, motor racing team I believe and changing the name of it and Golden Sullivan because I'm, I, the, my mum did business with Golden Sullivan so I knew of them uh, specifically David Gold I knew of David Gold's um, support and love for West Ham out of them it was Golden Sullivan that I was hoping to take over the, mm. the downside it was was that I never expected them to want to leave. I thought actually the long-term future of the club um, would have been safer with them. And actually, you know, when they bought the club, my mum did say to me, you know, you should always be careful what you wish for with them. Mm. Um, And the truth be told, that is what happened. Um, You took the words out of my mouth, Nigel. Hmm. Um, I'm not of this, um, this, um, I wanted Golden Sullivan, despite the lack of evidence of them running the football club very well, because I think there was in the position to do the right thing for the club and the fans. Um, and I don't necessarily subscribe to this dirty, rotten, thieving so and so's. I feel let down from them um, because I don't really think they've um, managed their club very well Um, and what does disappoint me about them is that 
I personally, I've worked for football clubs, bigger football clubs than West Ham. Uh, and I do see me being one of them, plenty of people in these establishments that aren't fans of the club. Um, I do see how modern football's taken over and bad decisions are made throughout all the levels, throughout all the departments. But it doesn't mean to say that we should be doing the same thing. Just because football's become a little bit of a mess doesn't mean to say that we should become a mess and do things like everyone else and do things wrong to the detriment of the fan. And I am in contact with people from other clubs. Um, um, I also made a film at the same time comparing notes with an Evertonian talking about his club. Uh, uh, They wasn't very helpful either. Uh, and he didn't have much good to say about his club, how their club was run. Um, but like I say, it doesn't ne- necessarily mean that we should be doing that at all. And I go into these situations with one mantra. Do it for the fans. When you think you've done it for the fans enough, do it for the fans some more. And when you can't, do it for the fans anymore, do it for the fans again. And that will be a success to anything because the fans are the fundamental success to your brand. Now, when we had Andrew Byrne on here from Amish United, he picked up a point about um, the German team, it's Dortmund, isn't it, with the yellow wall, that one, Mm. Um, saying... um, that they're a fan-focused club, which is what they derive their success from. I thought that we would be the same thing. I was reluctant to move, but I did think it was the best idea at the time, and I wanted to move under the right circumstances, which was a purchase from Newham Council and the club, not the rented version, because that wouldn't give satisfaction to the fans. And I think it would have been an easy process to, if it was owned by Newham, to make it work and bring the fans and the community um, to the foundations of the club and make it a really good club, reluctantly. I knew at times, you only had to see uh, at the bowling ground when it was the kids for a quid day, how much of a different club it looked on them days and that you knew it were it was um, going to resemble that a little bit more at the London Stadium. It was consumerism showing through. But I was unprepared for the continuous bad decisions, the couldn't-care-less attitude from Brady that over 11 years has got us in this position now where the only situation is, that the only solution is, um, firstly, she's got to go. Secondly, the owners need to step back if they are going to stay in control or get rid of the club and make the changes necessary, which are going to be goddamn expensive and difficult to sort of 
have a post Upton Park West Ham that's going to resemble the traditions of the club because they've let that go. Regardless of how modern football is, there's no excuse for it. That's my opinion. You can say it's professional, you can say it's personal, but that's my opinion. And uh, that's an opinion from someone who is behind Sullivan and to some extent the stadium moved too. So it's probably quite damning. I mean, before Song has his um, two penny for the, the, the one thing that we'll never know is if we'd have stayed at Upton Park and Arsenal were in their stadium, uh, Tottenham were in their stadium, what the reaction of the fan base would be. Would they have been decrying that we didn't show ambition to the move? Because of, yeah, you, yeah, you'd never know. We yeah. basically saying that if we stayed where we are and Tottenham's new stadium, Arsenal's new stadium, would everyone be up in arms about it? Yeah. Where's our new stadium? Because it, it what what it's quite funny because obviously Chelsea want to build a bigger stadium, but they've been they've been blocked. But they, they, they've. Um, out of the big four London clubs, they, they've got the, the more authentic football ground now. Where if you go back to the 70s and 80s, I thought Stamford Bridge was awful because they had the dog track. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a total uh, role reversal. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's... You can never know. I could add another one to that, actually, Nigel. We was, to find of a better word, piss takers of Crystal Palace about their municipal arrangement. Yeah. How they run their ground. And now we're, we're, we're dead envious of of the match they experience there, aren't we, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, the most damning thing about it is the fi- the financials of it all stack up to the point where the move was not really necessary because it doesn't gain us any real financial standing does it and that's what it boils down to if we were 40 or 50 um, 50 million pound a year better off for it you could maybe have some kind of argument for it but we're only something like 4 million aren't we or something stupid well, I, 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 Sean might not more than that. Who, who earns more money from from their stadium, Chelsea or West Ham? Um, Chelsea, but you know what? This is two thing. You can't have uh, family affordable football. You know, there's one reason Chelsea does that. They put their prices up. Do you know what? If West Ham put their prices up, they would get forty or fifty million from that stadium, and therefore. If West Ham were consistently in the top four, I don't think they would, Sean. I think that's then you would. No, no, no. If people, you would get forty. It's as simple as that. Look at the pricing of corporate, and but if you you put the prices up, would that drive people away? Do do the team? But let's not make make out. There's a magic thing of how stadiums earn money. Bums on seats. How much Spurs, Arsenal, Man United earn money because they charge a fortune for the season tickets and they have a loyal fan base, right? Uh, we pay a few hundred quid. They pay over a thousand. Lots of them for the minimum. I mean, this you know? may be a thing. There's, there's, there's one big difference between those clubs you just listed. Tottenham, not so much, but maybe you could say, and us. 
success. Champions League success, yeah. Yeah, success. I get that, which is why it's, you know, but we've got this for 99 years. Who's to say we're not going to be top four? We're two off of um, Liverpool at the moment. Who's not to say that we, we can't break in there? I'm, I'm conscious of time. I know we've only got seven minutes. So um, I hope you'll give me the courtesy of I didn't interrupt you. So I'm yeah, just going to give you, you go. All right. No, we won't. I promise. I'm going to try and be objective as I can because, you you know, I'm not going to be disingenuous and suddenly go anti. Look, when they took over the club in 2010, we were in shit. We've never been blessed with good owners, right? The Icelandics, the Cairns, Kearns, whatever it is, they've never, we've never had really good owners. So there was a low bar set to begin with. But I, I was pleased that we got British owners. I think Fernandes would have been a disaster. He tried to say he was a lifelong West Ham fan. He's cocked up QPR. He's lost a lot of money. He's in all kinds of investigations. We won't go in. I think the American consultant have been wrong as well. And, and right, so I'm not going to use the word they saved the club, but they came in when I didn't see what other reason there was, right? They made a bad mistake putting Avram Grant in, and they paid for it, you know? We went down to the championship. They put their, they loaned money, absolutely, and, and people have criticised them for it, but they, they put their hands in pockets and loaned, a, it was a really bad business deal. Maybe in years to come it won't be, but they put another 45 million of their own money at 7%, later dropped to 4%, at the moment interest-free in the in the COVID. A lot of people don't know that. At the moment, they're not charging interest in in the outstanding money. In this period, they've decided to make it interest-free. So on we go. They obviously appointed uh, Sam Allardyce. Sam Allardyce did the job he was supposed to do. He got us back into the Premier League. I know you don't like him, but they appointed him. He was a person to do a job, and he he did that very well. Next, good appointment with with Billich. I mean, we all liked Billich, and we liked what he played for, and I think that was a good appointment. Um, uh, Unfortunately, he ran out of luck. And, and and then we put David Moyes in, and David Moyes did his job he was supposed to do. You know, let's talk about on the pitch stuff to begin with. He he, he saved us um, after Billich, and it was a shame. Then the 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 board then tried to do what what the they listened to the fans. We want a big name manager. We want Champions League because you had these ambitions, not promises, ambitions to be top six, top four. If you're going to do that, you need a big name manager. and We need to spend millions. So that's what they did, right? None of us moaned about Pellegrini. None of us. <laughs> None of us well, asked. Hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, you can have your right. You need to, to calm down, Sean. You right? need to calm None down. None of us said Pellegrini was the wrong one. We all supported him. And when oh. we were spending 35 million here and Miss 45 faction. million there and everybody else, we said, well done. 215 million was spent, right? It was a wrong decision. And ultimately, they take the can because they appointed the manager. Then they go back to Moyes. Moyes is doing a good job. They should have stayed with Moyes in the first place. They've made the mistakes. Appointing Avram Grant was a mistake. Appointing uh, Pellegrini was a mistake. Spending forty-five million back in the manager to get Alaire was a mistake. But this is football. Let's remember what happened when they sold Birmingham. Right? They bought Birmingham for a pound. They sold it for eighty-two million. They sold it to a foreigner who, in the end, was committed and went to prison. Right? And where are Birmingham now? Be careful what you wish for. Right? Look at Burnley, well run club. In right, let's hands. stop talking about the managers and what they've done. No, let's right, talk about on. them running the football club. Right. So, so, so then I think we've got a good manager and I hope he stays. They like David Moyes. He doesn't spend a lot of money. 
and and he likes them. And I think he he's the right manager for West Ham for a long time to come. And I hope they don't um they 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 don't get rid of him. They give him another three year contract. So from I. a financial point of view, okay. So let's begin. They have put their money and they've taken interest. They're not the only people in the Premier League to take money. Look at the Glazers, right? Who who saddled um, Man United with debt? Um, look at what Liverpool did. You know, look at what. And, and, and right, Sean, look, you, you're the one who's short for time. Let's just get to the bones of it, Sean. The bones of it is they did a very good financial deal in moving to the stadium. Their plan was always to move the stadium. Whether you like it or not, it hasn't panned out as much. But it's still a good deal. The money we pay for that is a pittance, right? They didn't have to build a new stadium and, and borrow money. They they rebuilding the boat. They got it for two and a half million pounds, now three million pounds a year. It was a stonking deal. Spurs wanted everything else. Now, lots of people don't like it. Right? They say it's not a football ground, it's an athletics ground. But the end, and I always say this, that place can rock. When we're beating Chelsea, when we're beating Spurs, it still rocks. It's concrete and metal and glass and whatever. At the end of the day, if you're winning every game, who gives an F what the stadium's like? And and the numbers at the end, we're moving up to 62,500 after the pandemic, right? And then up to 66,000. If we get success on the pitch, we will be able to charge more, right? You can't have it both ways. If you want money, look at where the money from Chelsea and Man United and everything comes from. It's from charging their fans more for the seats, and that gets you success, and that gets you buyer players. So and the move, then you was successful, yeah? Sorry? The move, move, successful. the move was not successful. The migration was botched, right? And I'm going to get on to this in a minute, right? The, the They could have done it oh, oh so better. Uh, the PR was awful. The marketing was awful. And do you know what? I, I will agree with you because you know I say Brady well, yeah. now, right? Brady is a good businesswoman. I like her, actually. I do. But I think it's time for change. I believe in revolving uh, leadership. And I think that it's time to put someone else in, maybe take a little back step. I've always said David Gold is really a silent partner. He really isn't involved in the running run the club. I do think David Gold, uh, David Sullivan should take more of a back seat and, and not get involved in transfers so much. And, and But I doubt that's going to happen. But if, if we look at who might buy the club, right, be careful what you wish for, Nigel said. At the end of the day, every Premier League club is not a social club, right? It's not about the fans. They're all businesses. And, and I, I, I'll challenge anyone who says otherwise. You could challenge me then because I agree, but it doesn't mean to say we we should be the same when we've got a municipal stadium. Clever businessmen, clever billionaires do not buy Premier League clubs. They buy championships. Clever businessmen approach the punter and satisfy the punter. I know, but clever businessmen at the moment are not buying Premier League clubs. Well, again, it's it's of no significance about we're talking about what but they've achieved in their well, 11 years, Sean. talking about a way out. I agree they're not the best owners and the best people, but it was a very they low... Are, they are incompetent. Right, but let me finish. There is no bids. There are no offers. There's no credible offers. So I don't know what you want, and, and Hammers United and other people want, to say, well, if no one's prepared to take this over, do we want a Burnley? Are we so obsessed in getting rid of them that in, instead of just Brady... 
But this the, isn't the, you're the, talking about trying uh, to get rid of it. Where's the where's where's the review of what they've achieved, Sean? Where's the review of how they how they've been there for eleven years? Relegated, they kept us in the Premier League. They put their hands in their money to invest in the club. Yes, sometimes they've charged interest. Forty odd strikers. They've had, they haven't. They, 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 haven't, they still haven't got. A, yeah, but that's they, the manager. They pointed the wrong manager. They but, still haven't got a recruitment department. But they show still me, haven't got. You know, they're not a, up yeah, I, I get that. But but that's down to the manager. It's right? not. Sure. It is down to the manager. It's you, not. In football, you give the manager the money. He gets to say everything. The recruitment no. department, the scouts and everything. You have a scouting department. On the and football then side. That can stay all the way through. When the manager goes, saying, don't you? the scouting department stays. With Pellegrini, he gave it over to Pellegrini. Pellegrini wanted to bring his own director of football. He should never have got Pellegrini. Right? We, we, we actually deal, said that. It was part of the deal. Um, Pellegrini said, I'm only coming if he's our director of football. Well, why would you go, why would you go and get... Two scouts. One was, his, one was Pellegrini's son. The other one was his silly Why sister. would you go and get Pellegrini out of China, who's on basically semi-retired? We all said at the time, you all said the fans wanted him. We said at the time... He, on paper, he's the best manager we could ever have, but it's pretty uninspiring. And why would you go and get him out of China? Well, it didn't work. They, they, if, if, if their biggest mistake, um, uh, if, if you know, the migration was poorly handled, I still think it was a big, good business move. But appointing Pellegrini has probably been one of the biggest mistakes, including appointing Avram Grant, who relegated us. But do you know what? Business make mistakes. And if you look at Chelsea, right, with the money they've spent, $222 million, Gambling I'm on no interest in Chelsea. It's this is what football does. There is no, there is no model to say that they always get it right. Football is about trial and error. That's why managers get sacked after eighteen months. That's why so many flops in transfers. It's not an absolute science, and I do think they're culpable. Don't get me wrong; they're culpable of many making many mistakes. And not learning from the mistakes, doing the same thing time and time again, right, the same like mistakes. I get that time and time again. But they are who they are. They're not going to change. But my point is, and I was just saying this: who's there to take over? Who knows if they if they make an announcement and say that we West Ham's for sale for three hundred million, you might get. Well, they're people. not going to sell it for three hundred million to begin oh, with. Yeah, that's because that's, that's again because they're that's because they're crap ownership. Hang on, they invested for years and years and years. I've told you it's a business. <laughs> you want them to give it away because they love the club. Give it no, away. Uh, I can, I can, I can. What you've just said there, uh, uh, you've just highlighted my problem. They're not going to say it for 300 million. You're saying that you're coming to that conclusion, Sean, because they're building a business for a takeover. They're not. They're not. For, they no, but no, but you're what you're they're saying. They won't in the future. Not saying. Yeah, they are not building a business for the punter, and this is my problem with them. They're building a business for another businessman or a value or how people look at them as businessmen. Do it for the fans. That's all you've got Who to do. Your time. Who does that in the Premier League, though? It doesn't matter. No, what I'm saying is don't look at them. If you want, what I'm saying is, if you want a stadium on the cheap and you're 65 and you're going to die soon, if you're not going to do it for the fans then, then you're never going to do it for the fans. And this is why people like Hammers United want them 
out. And you're asking me, if you want to say to me, who's going to buy them? A brand will buy them because they do it for the fans. The and I'm not, saying, I'm not saying they're any different to any other, other football club, but it doesn't mean to say we should be the same. And that's my last word on it because we're over the hour. But I think when you listen back to this, and the, 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 the listeners listen back to this, I think me, John, and Nigel have put our point across quite calmly and reasonably, and you're the one that's hit up because you're fighting a harder battle. Well, it's your opinion, of course. Um, I, okay, I just well, think, what I just think that. not everybody has the same view. No, of course they won't. Of course they won't. And not everyone's in the same boat, but let's see what they think when they listen. The only thing I'd say about what you said, Sean, quickly, is, yeah, I mean, blimey, we've been toe to toe for like 10 years over this, um, is where, for me, you go wrong, or, or you always go, you, you do what I call finger-pointing. And, and what you do is go, you should see what they're doing over there. Yeah. When actually, the, the, where a lot of the people that I see at Amazon United and whatever, we're not bothered what they're doing over there. Our only concern is what West Ham United is doing. And you you can listen back over the years where I've said that the, the phrase was more than just a football club. And I then turned around and spun it and said, actually, what they've made us is just another football club. So there is a different way to do it because if, as they turned up, they were they were fans of the club, they would have behaved in a different way and they would have done, as what Len said, they would have done it for the fans. But they haven't. They've they've done it for the business model. They've 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 increased West Ham Business Club very well. The problem is. I don't want to put a percentage on it, but a lot of us support a football club, not a business club. Okay, now, what enough. I will add, just at the end, is this. And it says, good luck, chaps, but Sully's got to be the biggest twat in Great Britain. Sully will run that club from top to bottom, and gold is just his bitch. They found a great formula for making money out of yo-yoing. I'm just waiting for Sully to say, you've got 20 deals on the go before the window shuts. And really, you'll end up with Jack Shite or Jack Wilshire. Who said that? Then, before you know it, Upson will have been sold for ten million in this window or next. I know you don't want to believe it this morning, but Sully's a twenty-four carat twat. That was from a Birmingham City supporter the day that West Ham were bought. Oh, I've heard all this before. Yeah, where are they now? But the, the, they were the, better. Uh, I tell you, they well, had their glory years well, under, under Golden well, Sullivan. What difference does it make where they are now? And that's the thing. Do you know where they are now? St Andrews, where they've always been, and probably and, and the, the other thing of it all is that there was enough support, even against the likes of me and Nigel, there was a, enough support for that move to that stadium, and they could have taken them, taken the fans with them, and what they did, they fucked it up so badly, they've turned it completely the other way, and everybody, or the majority, want them out. Okay, and that's well, I, I don't think it's by the way. I think it's it's a minority because I think there's a new kind of fan base um, who who are not as passionate and not old timers. And I get that. I think there's a majority of old timers who want them out, John. I agree, but that's not the minority of fans. It's not the minority of people who go to the London Stadium. Anyway, your last word, John, before we go. 
my last word. Yeah, yeah. Well, then said he said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. I agree. That's all one all, all all agree with. Brady out. This is good to agree on that. Let's all agree Brady on out. one thing at the end. Yeah. Brady out. Brady out. Right. Well, uh, hopefully you you can tell us what you think. Um, uh, I'm sure we're going to be back on Monday. I'm not around on Monday. Uh, I've, I've I've got something else on. Um, but I'm I'm sure the gang will be back in town. I have been Sean. John has been here. Len has been. tired but i hate those um, pauses len you know i hate those pauses sorry <laughs> i, I never understand I this question i've been here with you oh, and i need Nigel to think is... i need to be a bit more measured and, and nigel has been come on you irons Listening. bobby moore more than just a podcast bobby moore Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.